Things in the afterlife don't happen while things are happening here. Because while time on Earth moves in a straight line, one thing happens, then the next, then the next. Time in the afterlife moves in a Jeremy Baramy. What? In the afterlife, time doubles back and loops around and ends up looking something like Jeremy Baramy. This is the timeline in the afterlife happens to kind of look like the name Jeremy Baramy in cursive English, so that's what we call it. Sorry, I'm, my brain is melting. How can events happen before the ones that happened before? Just the way it works. It's, it's Jeremy Baramy. I don't know what to tell you. That's the easiest way to describe it. Okay, but um, what the hell is this? The dot over the eye. The hell is that? Okay. Um, how do I explain this concisely? This is Tuesdays and also July. And sometimes it's never. That's true. Occasionally that moment on the Barami timeline is the time moment when nothing never occurs. So, you get it. This broke me. We've had this a couple of times on this podcast, but this podcast, this episode that we're talking about today feels momentous. It feels like one of those touchstone moments in the show, so it has to, by proxy, be a touchstone moment in our podcast, Stephen. Mm -hmm. And one of the thoughts I had while watching this is that it's an episode all about being dealt the idea of nothing mattering, having the earth yeah. shatter in front of your eyes, completely changing your outlook on being alive and dying and what'll happen after you die and what's important while you're alive. And I feel like the characters in the show, even Chidi, like as deep as what they find out about themselves is that they died and they came back. I feel like they handle it pretty well. Yeah, absolutely. How do you think you and I would handle it? Badly? <sighs> I think you would go into more of a cheaty type reaction. Absolutely. I'm already there. I think you would walk around with your six pack through the grocery store, mm -hmm. touching on beans, making chili. A lot of marshmallows would be A lot involved, of marshmallow for play, sure. certainly. I feel like I would go one of two ways. I would either go the Eleanor route mm -hmm. and be like, well, fuck it. Nothing matters. Why am I doing anything? I'm not going to work. That's for damn sure. Or... I would also go the cheaty route with you. and We'd be together mixing our big marshmallow chili together. I feel like we've had joint cheaty experiences mm -hmm. without ever having yeah. died as far as I know. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Let's get existential today because The Good Place sure did. Who would have yeah. thought that the season where they're on Earth has the episode that is the most existential and deep philosophically that the series has gotten so far, I think. I'm really yeah, excited to dive certainly. into it. But we've got a few things to do before we get there. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Into the Time Knife, a good place rewatch. I'm Zach, and I'm all goo and juice. Nice. Yeah, that you are, Zach. I, I can't sure confirm. am. And Just I'm take all the Lisa double nickname Fuqua. <laughs> Fuqua. <laughs> Fuqua. Nice. Welcome to the I podcast, your everyone. Was Frenchy. So they call me Double Nickname. 
That's why they call her Lisa Double Nickname Fuqua. <laughs> I'm really glad you're here listening with us talking about this iconic episode of the show. I'm really hyped up and excited to talk about it this mm-hmm. week, and I'm glad that my friend Steven is here with me. And before we get too deep into the show, we're going to shout out our $10 and up patrons at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast those people being mary baker budisa danny m lugo justin fortier and little s haker i really like that <laughs> and it's, down at the farm little yeah. s haker it's like the <laughs> opening credits of a 1960s sitcom and <laughs> yeah. at the end it's and introducing little s haker as billy <laughs> or something i don't know yeah that makes me think that your mom is like the andy griffith sheriff yeah, absolutely. That Danny, Danny is, is Don Knotts, the yeah. really goofy sidekick. Mm-hmm. And then I think that Justin, Justin Fortier, Fortier is the love like interest. For the kid or for the main character? Eh, a little of this, little <laughs> Depends of on the season. Yeah. Uh, yikes. Sorry, Justin. I was thinking maybe It's kind more... of a Little House on the Prairie situation where Laura Ingalls like, was 12 <laughs> and then married the teacher's brother. It was a different time. I was thinking more Justin would be... A uh, little S. Haker's, like, more troublemaker friend. Ah. And there goes Justin Fortier with Thanks little for being S. patrons, you guys. If you want us to do whatever that was with your name, <laughs> patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. Starting at $5 a month, you can get all of our bonus content. You get this show a week early. You There's get, a lot you of it. You can't disappoint show. You get all the Brokeback Bebop, all of our That 70s Show Rewatch podcast. That's all going down over there. And starting at $10 a month, we'll read your name out every week along with all kinds of other stuff. We'll say the name. We'll say whatever you write. You can make your name anything on Patreon. You can make it something really embarrassing. We'll say it. We'll say it. I think we've made it quite clear that we'll say just about anything on this show. For money. And I will, not really, we'll say some fucked up (laughs) shit on this show. And I've always kind of gone into it with the perspective of, well, come on, we're Zach and Steven. People know us. They know our hearts in the right place. Yeah, because at the zany. beginning of our first podcast, we mentioned social issues once or twice or something. <laughs> and then we made a bunch of 9-11 jokes after it. We did, I don't know yeah. if maybe we've misjudged people. Have we balanced out? I don't. I think the scale has tipped. <laughs> I did I don't say think... I, I wish the queen burned in hell on one thing we made. Yeah, but that's fine. I stand yeah. by that one. That's like the day after she died, too. Do you think people listen to us and they're like, oh, cute Zach and Steven, they're so woke that they can make these jokes? Mm-hmm. Or do you think people that are listening to us are like, next in queue, Alex Jones? Yeah, I think maybe. Have we accidentally Ugh. gone alt-right? Damn. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> and I said I'd never become Zach's father. <laughs> Welcome swore. to the show, everybody. Steven, how you doing today? <laughs> You know, Zach, I'm a little under the weather today yeah. still. I've just I just can't get over this sickness. Ever since you You're down bad. <laughs> ever since you sent me that smallpox blanket, I just haven't been doing all right. You know, I thought that I had immunity, but I guess not. Yeah. I, I didn't know the smallpox blankets came loaded with smallpox, but yeah, you that's thought the last time I buy off own. of wish.com. <laughs> I'll give my smallpox blankets off Amazon now. You know, Thank Zach, you I always much. fancied you a modern day Christopher Columbus, and you finally <laughs> made that true. In a lot of ways. Yeah. In a lot of ways. That's why every year I'm like, come on, guys, he did say he found America. That's <laughs> a lot. That doesn't discount all of the raping and crimes. No, mm-hmm. there's literally the good place Janet bit where she says, fun fact, Christopher Columbus is in the bad place because of all the rape and genocide. <laughs> 
Awesome. I had a first grade teacher that uh, was like real big pro Christopher Columbuser, and that was really confusing to me at six years old. I haven't really stopped thinking about how two weeks ago you mentioned how we were taught manifest destiny as being a good thing. Mm-hmm. Talking about that excellent joke in the Trevor episode yeah. at the restaurant, the manifest destiny package. And it's so true. Having gone to a Christian mm-hmm. school, I remember one year for our history class, what we did for like a semester or a quarter. Now, this was when I was in fifth or sixth grade, but still, it was not a history textbook. It was... <laughs> a historical fiction novel about four different historical figures, one of which being Christopher Columbus and how they were all led by God to do the great things that they did. We literally read a novel about manifest (laughs) destiny in our Christian history class. When this podcast comes out a week from when we're recording it, I'm just Mm -hmm. as excited as can be. We're kind of bulk recording because of a little trip I'm about to go on yeah. because Steven has a work event coming up. But mine's kind of more exciting, so I'm going to talk about it for a while. Mm-hmm. Go for it. If you've listened Lay to the show out. long Snack enough, and I think I mentioned it a couple weeks ago, I just love the band Ween. They're so weird. They're so talented. They have so many great songs, and they put on such a good, unique live show. And I have seen five Ween shows over the last two years, and over the next week, I'm going to change that up to eight. I'm going to go see three more shows, and when this podcast comes out next Monday, that'll be my travel day. I'll be in the middle of following them around. We're starting off by driving from Indiana to Chicago to see them in Chicago. The very next day in the morning, we drive to Wisconsin to see them that night in Wisconsin. The day after that, we drive home to Indiana to drop some friends off to go to Kentucky to see them the next day for the last time in Newport, Kentucky. It's like right next wow. to Cincinnati, so it's basically they make the cigarettes an Ohio there? show. I think so. I think you're allowed to just smoke those specifically wherever Anywhere, you want right? There. In a McDonald's? That'd be great. So at the release of this podcast, I'll be in the middle of being a dirty, hippie groupie. Hey. But it's you're going to show them your body parts? If you're going to flash asked, the artists? Sure. If you don't know Ween and you're closer to Steven and I's age, a lot of people, they're into Ween as SpongeBob because mm-hmm. the creator of SpongeBob, Steven Hillenberg, was uh, inspired by Ween's album, The Mollusk, to create the characters and world of SpongeBob SquarePants. So Ween kind of did some things for Spongebob a few times in the early years. The big one is at the end of the Spongebob movie, they play their song Ocean Man Ocean from the Ocean Man, let me take your brother hand. And the other thing is the in the episode where Spongebob has to learn how to tie his shoes, the loop-de-loop and, loop and pull and your shoes are looking ready cool. to go. That's also Ween. Uh, but I said that because there's a thing in the Ween community that's tits out for Ocean Man. So nice. if they play Ocean Man, I will show off some body parts. Hey, I yeah. like it. Yeah, that's what I'm going to be up to. What are you going to be doing a week from now on Monday when this podcast comes out? Anything? I'm going to be, have yeah, just... we have like a, a big event on Sunday. Not and you and me, after... we. Not the no, royal not we. We, <laughs> we isn't me and my collective, uh, Prince and the, me and the revolution. <laughs> Steven and Prince and the revolution. <laughs> exactly. Game, blouses. Do you get that one, Zach? I don't know. Dave Chappelle, Chappelle show? No, I don't. I've seen bits and pieces Prince. of Chappelle show, but I haven't watched it. It's like it a through. story about Charlie Murphy playing basketball with Prince. Uh, I know fun. that one. I yeah, didn't remember that. That's what it ends. You know, I don't know if I could or should watch the Chappelle show in the year of our Lord 2023. Mm, that's fair. fair. 
all kinds of reasons. Because yeah. first he stopped doing the show because he had kind of felt like the show became the thing that he was making fun of. Mm -hmm. And it was like a white people's in to making jokes at the expense of black people. Yeah. I don't really want to watch it and feel like I'm doing that. And mm -hmm. I don't really want to watch it because of like most of the stuff Dave Chappelle has said yeah, over the last four now. or five years. Yeah, it's not good. I'm not one that's going to be so angry culture vulture to totally discount the huge imprint that he made mm -hmm. at his time. But... How much he's doubled down on some of the backward shit he's saying and how, Not like, great. shock reacty he's trying to be and how much he... Uh, it makes me lose some respect for him, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the last thing he did was super... I'm going to say I a bunch of stuff it. just to make people mad. Yeah. And I was like, that's not a good look. I don't think I finished it. Well, but come on the show, Dave. Tell I'm gonna wrong. doing a lot of dancing things, <laughs> which is fun. Yeah. I do want to talk, Zach, about, you know, in, in my sickness this last week. I talked last time about watching some One Piece. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I since have watched... About 43 episodes, something like that, episodes of One Piece now in the last, like, five days. I get the hype. I get it now. It's really good. Had you never really gotten into it before? I thought you already I had. watched it when I was younger, like, mm -hmm. on, like, the four kids, like, Saturday morning stuff. But I, I didn't that. really, like, remember a lot of the story details. I, I remember a lot one of One Saturday stuff. morning, girly. Did you know One Saturday morning at all? What television shows? That was the Disney ABC Saturday morning block when we were oh, really young. School? I think they changed it up. No, it was way before that. It was mm. Recess and oh, Pepper Ann. Nice. Wow. And I'm blanking on the others. Those are the two that stick out to me. But did you know Pepper I liked Ann? Recess a lot. I, did I was never a Pepper Ann girly. <laughs> I, 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 I did like Recess. Well, much like much like One Piece, it's about episode 532 when, when Pepper Ann really gets yeah. going. I think Pepper Ann was kind of cool. It was like the kids' version of Daria. Oh, cool. I like that. Anyway. told by Ginger. That was Nicole. Just as you said that, my mind went to that show. Yeah, great show. Real. What about the drama. live action One Piece? You're enjoying it. Yeah, I watched the first couple episodes. It's super fun. The How sets is the... are like kind of fantastic. That's what I was gonna ask. Like, is they're it high budget, ridiculous, super duper. Does it look? I don't know much about One Piece. Does it ever mm -hmm. show people driving a spaceship? And does it look better than it does on Cowboy Bebop? Um, I'll say the people driving pirate ships looks a shit ton better than anything in Cowboy <laughs> Bebop does. Because even the things that don't look like great CGI look how they should. Because in the anime, like there's a character who that. basically he eats like a, a magic fruit. And his power is that he can, like, chop his body up into little pieces and, like, be fine. And so he's hard to fight because if you slice do him they with a sword. reassemble themselves if yeah. he's cut into a bunch of pieces? Like, do they all come back together? Or does yeah, he like grow a, like a Lego man out of the people? Okay. But Interesting. The pieces are very, like, smooth. Like, almost like they were, like, sliced with, like, a knife. Like, it's called, like, Chop Chop or whatever. And in the show, it looks really silly because he just, like, breaks into, like, little smooth pieces but they do it just that way in the live action and it plays really well and i think that they get like the main character super stretchy that's his you thing mentioned that. like a that rubber man cool. yeah and it looks the guy with the just red like it does vest thing yeah and like the mm -hmm. straw hat but it's really fun all the characters like the main character is it really whitewashed piece. no not at all actually that's great. it's less whitewashed than the anime if you'd believe it so the main character is played <laughs> by somebody who is of latino origin the Latin like X. there's a japanese character there's a black characters in the main cast but they like are very diverse and it's a very diverse cast just throughout the whole show which is really really cool because one piece is a very diverse made up kind of universe so mm -hmm. it's really cool, cool to, to see, see that them. reflected with yeah how diverse all the casting is really good 
Let me make a plug really quick, and then we're going to move on to the good place. Yeah, plug because it. Because that's plug a way to step over to how Brokeback Bebop is going on for free and on the Patreon. If you want to talk about a live-action anime that did not work, but still had mm-hmm. a lot of enjoyment to get out of it, I wouldn't yeah. say don't watch Cowboy Bebop. Season 3 of Brokeback Bebop, we dive into every episode of the live-action Cowboy mm-hmm. Bebop. And we had a lot of fun with it. We did, like progressively so <laughs> as it went on. And you can listen to all of that on Patreon, but season two is going on for free right now where we're talking about the second half of the animated series, Brokeback Bebop. You can get that wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. I'm excited, you know, for people to get into season three. If you, a little teaser to know why you should go ahead and subscribe to the Patreon to get season three early is you get to find out who made Julia sing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Vicious, it, now that I'm going through and re-editing the original episodes, we'll st- we just never have a chance to talk Cowboy Bebop right yeah. now. Vicious wasn't in the original that much. And no. for some reason in the live action, they decided he's the second or third main character. And he's the <laughs> best part of the entire show. Yeah, he is. Okay, let's talk about The Good Place. That was some let's good pre-show it. chatter. Let's talk about The Good Place. We're here to talk about an excellent, iconic, earth-shattering episode of The Good Place. Finally, after really enjoying the snowplow last week, I'm not going to take any of that away. But this is what I'm talking about. This is like a high season two level episode, but with the added context of the new setting that we're in. I think it works really, really well. It's season three, episode four. Chapter 31, Jeremy Jeremy, I'm so excited to dive into it. This episode is directed by Trent O'Donnell, who previously directed our favorite episode of season one, The Eternal Shriek. Heyo. And also directed parts one and two of Everything is Great in I'll season take it. two. And this is actually his final directing credit on the series, Jeremy Baramy. So The Eternal Shriek, both parts of the season two premiere, and Jeremy Baramy, that's a pretty good track that's record. That's pretty if you're good. Do yeah. Three and done. Since this is the last time we get Trent O'Donnell, I looked at some of the other stuff he's done outside of The Good Place, and he did 13 episodes of a show that I haven't seen, but I'd like to mention. I think Trent O'Donnell might be Australian, unless this show is British, but there's a show that was on Comedy Central a few years back with Andy Daly called Review, and I fucking love this show. It's Mm -hmm. one of my favorite comedies of the 2010s, and nobody talks about it, and it's based on a foreign show called Review with Miles Barlow, and Trent O'Donnell directed 13 episodes of that. So if it's anything close to the US one, which I highly recommend, which is Review, it's just called Review. I'm sure that show's great too. But here in the US, he's done one episode of Grace and Frankie, three episodes of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, 28 episodes of New Girl, which I actually love. He did yeah. two episodes of AP Bio, which I also love. I like AP Bio. More recently, some stuff that I have less familiarity with, but he did 31 episodes of a show called No Activity. I don't know that one. Uh, he directed a film starring Jake Johnson from New Girl called Ride the Eagle, which I don't know, but it's cool to see him break out and do a film. Mm-hmm. He directed one episode of a show that I've heard of that I think's gotten a lot of hype called Hacks. Do you know Hacks? No. And he did 13 episodes of Ghosts, which is a CBS show going on right now starring the lead of iZombie, who I had a huge crush on. Oh, Ghost. love some iZombie. I'll take and I that. I think our buddy – no, Alex Webster, a friend of the podcast's he worked on something. I worked on a show with Rose McIver that ended up not moving forward because this show Ghost got picked up. Mm-hmm. Or he worked on the pilot of Ghost or something. It was something know. like that. Loose I, connection that to the familiar. show. Trent O'Donnell. This episode, yeah. Jeremy Baramy, was written by Megan Amram, who's another Hey-o. name that we've heard a lot. We really like her. Before this, she wrote The Eternal Shriek. She co-wrote Mindy St. Clair with Jen Statsky. She wrote Dance Dance Resolution. Woo! Heavy hitters. 
which might still be my favorite episode of the mm-hmm. series it might be this one we'll get wow into it. she also co-wrote the burrito with joe mandy and in the future she co-writes this season's finale pandemonium with jen statsky and an episode next season called patty listen only bops coming out of her brain megan is really yeah. A, yeah some of the strongest episodes of the whole show I she's mean, one of the season. i think big names in the writer's room of the show who was a busy, prolific, growing stock writer. So I think maybe her episode credits are a little bit fewer than how big of an impact Mm -hmm. she had in the room. And I think the episodes that she did put her name on show exactly that. You're right. Yeah. This episode, Jeremy Bear Me. We're back. Mm -hmm. We're talking about Jeremy Bear Me. Originally aired on October 18th, 2018. And it's been fun for me to talk about movies and albums from 2018 because we were pretty tapped in at this time. We were locked. So the number one movie last week was Venom, Uh and this week it still is. Wow! But the number two Venom, 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 Venom. No, it's Venom. But Venom. Let me hear that one. Let's Venom. Venom. That's a little better. Not quite right. The number two movie this week we both saw in the theater. I am sure of it. Maybe you didn't see it in the theater, but we both definitely saw this movie. Mm-hmm. It was a big deal. It had one of the biggest songs of the decade, I would say. Wow. It's a remake of a remake. Okay. Remake of a remake. With one of the biggest songs of the decade. Biggest song. Hmm. Two huge stars. The movie was directed by the lead. Okay, okay, okay. Mm. Uh... Ooh, why am I I'm not gonna tell you this? and you're gonna know it. It's okay that you don't know it. It doesn't mean anything. It was a star is born. Oh, tell me something, boy. I feel like you kind of that was a huge fucking song. In the yeah. same way that the songs I... from Greatest Showman were huge fucking songs. Yeah. You can kind of clown on it a little bit, but I stand by saying one of the biggest songs of that decade. I agree. It was Academy yeah. Award winning. I still exactly. use songs from that movie at work on a regular basis. Tell me what other songs in the movie were worth that Arizona sky. <laughs> I don't really remember. I only saw the movie once. And here's a spoiler. Well. Here's a spoiler for A Star is Born 2018. <laughs> I didn't like it that much because I had never seen the other Star is Borns. Mm-hmm. And in the very beginning of the movie, Bradley Cooper's in a limo and he has his window down. And in the background, there's a billboard with a giant noose on it. And I thought to myself in the theater on IMAX, <laughs> I saw that. It was pretty easy to see. If, yeah. you ha- if you haven't watched the movie in a while, go back and see it. Not knowing what happens in A Star is Born, I thought if this guy hangs himself at the end of this movie <laughs> and that's them thinking they're subtly planting it at the beginning of the movie, that's so fucking dumb. Yeah, so then that's when it happens, awful. I didn't know that was in it. That's When terrible. it happens at the end, it didn't affect me emotionally at all. Yeah. And it should have. And I think if they hadn't done that and I hadn't clocked it, then it would have been fine. it would have, yeah. That I one thing took fine. me out of the movie. Let's talk about the reception. Rotten Tomatoes, the mm-hmm. critics for A Star is Born, directed by and starring Bradley Cooper, along mm-hmm. with a huge breakout movie star making yeah. performance by Lady Gaga. What do you mm-hmm. think the critics gave it? 89. You're very close. Am I too high or too low? All I'm going to say is you're within one number of the score. And it's up to you to decide. 88. It's a 90 percent. Wow, it's a 90 bagger. A star is born. A 90 bagger. (laughs) What about the audience? Do you think they were as high as 90? I think they're probably a little bit lower. You think so? What do you think? 84. It's really close. It's a little bit lower. 82. It's 80. 
Wow. Two Not round bad. numbers. 90 critics, 80 audience. I can kind of get that from the type of people who are the audience members on Rotten mm-hmm. Tomatoes. What do you think about Letterboxd? I've translated this to out of 100%. Do you think it's 80? Do you think it's higher, lower? I think it's higher than 80. 88. No, it's lower than 80. 76. One more stat. <laughs> it's 72. <laughs> Okay, that's yeah. fair, I guess. Seventy-two percent for a Star Is Born. Does that mean the number one album is the <laughs> nope. the soundtrack uh-huh. from a Star Is Born? Nope. No? The number one album this week mm-hmm. is a rapper who's been around for a long time. Was a big presence when we were in high school. Has a lot of albums of mixed quality. I listened mm-hmm. to this one because I was listening to everything that came out in twenty eighteen. This is a sequel album and not the first sequel album for this artist. Okay. Sequel to the same album. Like, this artist has done multiple sequels to this album. Uh-huh. Is it Man on the Moon 3, Kid Cudi? No, that was no. before then. Rapper with mixed review albums. Is it... I'd uh... say. But very prolific. One... <laughs> Is it Nas? This rapper has a very direct link uh-huh. to the band that we spent a lot of our college year <laughs> relating to each oh, other. Oh, uh, the Carter f- 6? Close. The Carter 5? The Carter 5 by Lil I like Wayne. the Carter 5. <laughs> the Weezer was what got you to it. Yeah, that's exactly what took yeah. me there. The Carter 5. Let's talk about the reviews. Pitchfork out of 10 to the 10th. I like the Carter 5, but I'm going to say Pitchfork probably gave it a 6.4. It's higher? Mm, 7.3. It's a 7.4. It's a full nice. point higher. 7. I think that's a fair rating for this album. Rate your There's music. There's a really good song called Mahogany on this album. Smells of rich mahogany. An Anchorman line, I think. I think it is, yeah. Rate your music out of 10 to the 100th. Do you think it's around the 7.4? Or do you think it's higher I think or lower? it is, yeah. 7.63. It is lower. Ooh, 6.82. Still lower. It's 6.12. Ooh, hey, I got two of the three, two-thirds, 66% correct on that one. But that's that segment. Let's dive really into the meat and potatoes here today to talk about Jeremy Baramy, starting with Mm -hmm. one of the best moments of every week here on this show. He's sick as a dog. Let's see how that affects his skills (laughs) here. It's time, ladies and gentlemen, to find out today on 9-11, did (laughs) Steven watch the episode this week? The episode this week. Was that your country singer tribute to 9-11? <laughs> that was my country singer tribute to Bradley Cooper hanging himself oh, sure. in Because I just realized that this podcast comes out on 9-11. <laughs> oh, uh, never forget. <sighs> Always remember. Never again. No, never again is the Holocaust. I think all never of that. Never forget is 9 I think we could do all of that. Never again. Yeah. Never forget. Never quit. <laughs> Always remember us oh, this man. way. Steven, That's this is a big episode. A born. And it kind of goes in different directions than I expected. And of these big episodes, I think you've got a fair shake. How yeah. do you feel? Um, here's my only concern. I'm going to be really frank with, with you, Zach. Okay. I watched the episode last night. Mm-hmm. I was absolutely bonkers off an edible at the time <laughs> so we're gonna see <laughs> i think that i know what happens in the episode okay and i had a lot of fun with it but you would have had fun, fun with anything it. they could have put on an episode yeah. of home improvement and you'd be howling <laughs> tim the tool man taylor <laughs> i think i can do it there's a lot of storylines but i think i'm gonna be succinct 
I'm going to be clear with my thoughts. You know, like I said, this is my flu game. You know what the flu game is, Zach? You've got flu, so you've got game. <laughs> Michael Jordan, famously in the NBA Plays playoffs, better when he has the flu. He was really sick. You know, they didn't think he yeah. was going to play. And the first half, his Probably. team was down big. Second half, Michael Jordan, through the flu, comes back. Leads them to victory. Probably, you know, has to be basically carried off the floor by yeah, his teammates. Yeah, probably afterwards. shouldn't have played. What yeah, was probably the, not. The ratio on other people getting sick after that game. <laughs> You've got 20 seconds on the clock. I'm gonna mm -hmm. let you down easy, and you'll start on go. Okay. Are you, you ready? You lay me down gently. Yeah. Three, two, one, go. The gang has seen the door. Everything is discovered. Uh, there's no running away now. Michael and Janet explained everything to them about everything that's happened, and they, they must all face their existential end. Uh, Chidi has a whole mental break. He can't fathom this. He's mixing chili and marshmallows. Eleanor is like, I'm going to be bad. Who cares? But then it feels an urge to be good. Jason Stop. and Tahani. You were too slow. I was far too slow. You didn't get to Jason and Tahani. You didn't get to the ending. And there was no mention of Jeremy Barramy. Did not mention Jeremy or Baramy. I liked what you had. It was too mm -hmm. slow. You too were slow. succinct. You didn't say too much, but you should have said a little bit more in the time. I mm -hmm. think that's gonna be a B. A B. Wow. Thank you. That's that's higher than I was Borderline expecting. Borderline B minus. No, I'm not. I don't know. I'm giving you the flu curve. Thank you. I've got I more questions you give than me you today. Your, I think your curve. You do go. Well, I give you this curve. I'll give you a question. Yeah. I'll throw a curve ball of a I imagine Q. it's shaped kind of like a scimitar. Do you mm. know what that is, Zach? Yeah, the, like... the, it's more accurate than you'd think. Yeah. The first question, <laughs> what was Chidi's senior prom like? Was this in your episode? We discussed before recording that my episode was longer than Steven's by more of a margin than usual. Yeah, by a decent This amount. is when they're not so sure about Janet and Michael near the beginning, and to prove that they know everything about them, Chidi asks, who did I go to my senior prom with? No, that wasn't in it at all. I thought that was kind of weird, because like, we asked Janet anything, and then they don't ask her, like, anything. They do. Chidi says, yeah. who did I go to my senior prom with? And Janet says, no one. You deputized as a student chaperone and tattled on Vice President Buschetti for lighting up outside of the designated smoking area. And Chidi oh says, God. damn, why did I ask such an embarrassing question in front of the whole group? <laughs> so there's That's one funny. question. Botched. Threw it out. Botched job. I don't Do know. Here's other. a David Letterman reference. He used to, like, as a bit, he would throw one of his cue cards that he'd hold, mm -hmm. and there'd be, like, a glass-shattering noise. Nice. Like, he'd, he'd like, That's shuffle his papers and then throw them, and someone would cue the glass shatter. That's what I just did with that question. I threw I, David fun. Letterman style... Like banged one of my employees and had to talk about it on the air because people were blackmailing me with oh, the information. Yeah, and threw it <laughs> threw it away and the glass shattered. My second question then, how does Michael explain the dot over the eye? Oh, this was kind of one of my questions, if I can remember. Well, it's it's because you're like, what is what's this? What's the dot is what Chidi asks. Mm -hmm. And Michael says, well, it's Tuesdays. And Janet's like, but also July. And... Also, sometimes never. Mm -hmm. And then Michael explains that it's the moment where nothing never happens. Occasionally, it's the time or moment where nothing never occurs. So mm -hmm. good job. Yeah. I'll give it to you. How long were they in the afterlife? That's one of my questions. Did I skip it? That was my second question, and I skipped it for some reason. What yeah. force saw it? 
site. About 300 years. Yeah. What does Eleanor order as her free birthday drink? Margarita. Yes. What bar does Eleanor go to for said birthday drink? It's Drinking Nemo. Yeah, it is. And did you happen to clock that the frozen yogurt place that Janet and Michael go to later in the episode is called Freezing Nemo? No, I didn't. That's fun. And I think the good place restaurant chef patricia my fave uh mm-hmm. real time knife heads will will know yeah. i think that was eating nemo yeah or something was eating nemo maybe it was I a restaurant so. that eleanor went to in a flashback maybe anyway is it my love chef patricia my question? in this house it's your turn who is the smartest person jason knows this is when Tahani is telling him about her new conviction of being a good person. They're like sitting at a table outside. It could be in my episode. She goes on a tear and he says, that was, it might've actually been in the opera house. He says, that was beautiful. Well, I didn't understand all of it, but you sound just like the GPS lady and she's the smartest person I know. That's funny. That might be in my episode, but I don't know if it is. That's a very Mm -hmm. funny joke. That's funny. How much did Tahani donate to the opera house? Two million. Hey, you got it. What are Eleanor's three life rules? Eleanor's three life rules. She tells them to the bartender. Oh, okay. I might not have them in the right order. That's okay. She gets to do whatever she wants. That's the first one. Everyone has to leave her alone. That's the last one. And no one can bother her? No, the pop culture one. No more Spider-Man movies. No more Spider-Man movies. Too many movies about spider Too many dweeby Spider-Men. Yeah, dweeby dweeby men spider Which is a joke that was funny then, but now there's there's so many because there's several Spider-Men franchises within the movie sphere. And I love Spider-Verse, but I totally get Eleanor's sentiments. Oh, fuck, there's been five Spider-Man movies since then. Yeah. Shit. And God there's damn. been Avengers movies featuring Spider-Man. There have been as many Spider-Mans as there were at this point in time. Yes. Because then they were probably referencing Andrew Garfield. Yeah. And maybe Tom yeah. Holland getting ready to start or something. Mm-hmm. What is Fred Booth's new address? Oh, shit. I don't know, but I do remember that it's literally right next to the bar where Eleanor started. It is. We're looking for 78 Palma Street. Palma Street. This episode, the bad Australian accents started to stand out. Really? To me. They did. Because there's a lot more of other characters than the crew talking in this one. How much did it cost for Eleanor just to cab from the bar to the first house? Like $56 or something like that? would be $58. $58. Crikey. Nor. What does Jason call a violin? (laughs) A chin guitar. Chin guitar. Here's another money question. How much does Tahani give to a woman for a new stroller? 5000 Yeah, they'll give you a nice stroller. There are $5,000 nice stroller. strollers. That'll yeah. be a nice one. That'll be like the super board of strollers. Yeah. Well, I've got another money question for you. This is my final okay. question. I got How much money is in Tahani's account? Ooh, $132 million. Oh, you are, you really are close. so $131 million. Close. You got it, baby boy. Wada, 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 wada. That's the Zach got it right. (laughs) Might have to workshop that. Two more questions for you. What is Fred Booth's daughter's name? Oh, I want to say the wrong name, Zach. I want to say so many wrong names. I want to say like Chrishell. I want to say Chrysanthemum. (laughs) It's Charlotte. No, it's Caroline. Caroline. One more question for you. Looks like you're writing a manifesto. Would you like some formatting tips? (laughs) 
Is that not in your episode? It's not a, really a question. It's a question that's a joke in the episode. But is that joke uh, not in the episode? I don't think so. Janet, like, writes it. but It's when Michael is being an old man and can't figure out the computer and, like, Clippy the paperclip pops up. Oh, that's funny. No, I wish it's that was so in funny. Life. Damn, my whole bit was dumb. Let me get like three glass shatters for that one. <laughs> botched it, botched it. But what isn't botched is this episode. So let's talk about it. Let's, let's get, get into, into it. it. Let's get into it. What the, did you think about it? Potatoes. Revisiting it. What do you remember from your edible fog of watching Jeremy Bear Me last night versus well, how you remember watching it when it first came out? So the first time I saw this episode, I remember being very excited because I think the Jeremy Bear Me thing is really funny and really creative. And like when it and happens, it's off you the kind heels of, of a know. great cliffhanger too. Yeah, I think that you know you're like, okay, what new thing can this show do? Because it can't reboot anymore. Mm-hmm. I like when a show has stakes, and mm-hmm. one of the cool things about them being on Earth is that now there are stakes. They threw the stakes out the window, and then added them back in, and then threw them out, and then added them back in, and now they're they're back in again in a real way because this, for all we know, is the last shot that they're gonna get. Yeah. And, for the fourth or fifth time. <laughs> yeah. And Michael basically screwed this attempt. Like, yeah. it's over with. And now that he's told them this, you know, it kind of makes you ask yourself the question, with this information, what would you do? Why? What's the point? You know, you already know that you're you're damned. You're doomed. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's kind of a scary thought. But I remember thinking this episode was really cool and being excited to see where it goes next. And I think that having seen this show through a couple times now – this episode really sets off what becomes the rest of the show. And I know we've sure. said that a few times, but it <laughs> this happened rest again. Of the show. And it probably <laughs> yeah, will this... happen twice more as we yes, keep going. Yes, I'm sure. I really love this episode. I think it's great from top to bottom. I think it works as a character episode. It's deeply funny. I think it's some of the most philosophical the show's gotten. And who would have mm-hmm. known that the Earth season would be when they get the deepest that they've gotten so far. I also think there's a lot of food for thought to relate to our own lives. Just like Mm -hmm. you talking about how scary it is to know that you're already damned. That's not too far from a thought process you can't have as just any human. To think that it doesn't matter what you do because everything's predetermined. You have no control. And this episode really gets to the core of finding why should you choose to try to be a good person when maybe yeah nothing really matters because it's all determined already why should you still try for an episode of a sitcom to ask these questions give solid answers to them and be so funny and creative the whole time what else can you ask for from the show it's so special and it's exactly the shot of adrenaline this season needed what an excellent excellent episode and let's talk about it Let's do it. Okay, so the episode starts right off where the cliffhanger left. Hey, guys, what are you doing down here? And it had another funny line just after it when Chidi came to get more champagne, which is right behind the magic door. <laughs> really funny. I love how the gang themselves have just gone through this very like cathartic, emotional moment together. And they're like, okay, let's celebrate. Let's get some champagne. Like, everything's fine. And then this like totally unexpected you know, thing they didn't even know was a possibility. <laughs> yeah. Next. And they're like, what the fuck is like, I love the moment when they're all kind of pointing out you're. Yeah. Well, let's yeah. take a second before we get there. Cause mm-hmm. right away, Eleanor and Tahani start asking hard questions. Like Eleanor's like, what is that door? What's going on here? Who are you? And Tahani says, yeah. And what are good place points? And how many do we have? And is it me that has the most? <laughs> 
They start asking these hard questions. And then Jason recognizes you're mm-hmm. Zach Pizzazz. Chidi, yeah. no, no, that's the librarian. Tahani, no, that's Gordon Indigo, the, <laughs> a very the media rude. mogul. <laughs> a very rude. And Michael <laughs> says, yeah, yeah, okay, I'll explain in a moment. And he turns around to ask Janet for advice. Janet kind of lays it out clear. Well, the humans just saw the portal to the afterlife, and now the cloth has been totally taken away. And they don't have context. They don't have reference. But... Mm-hmm. The this is the we saw the Matrix moment and now we know everything is fake. We know that there yeah. is otherworldly presence here. They're not just people anymore. She says, not a ton of wiggle room here. <laughs> Michael has a funny bit, but you're forgetting the one crucial piece of information. Right? You're right? forgetting one crucial piece of information. The one thing that's going to save us? <laughs> <laughs> come on, come on. Eleanor says, guys, come on. You got to tell us right now or else Chidi's going to beat you up. And like, she like kind of pushes Chidi out and he's like, uh, uh, I'm, no, I don't. No, no, I don't. But I do want to know about the space door. <laughs> okay. Michael says, and we get this moment a couple of times. I think this is such a funny Ted Danson episode because we've been seeing Michael scramble for a while. And now we get to see him continue to scramble when he's already out in the open. You know, he's still yeah. trying to lie and cover things up. It's almost I'm it's Big Brother season, so I'm thinking a lot about Big Brother. It's when you're getting voted out and there's nothing you can do, but you're mm-hmm. still just throwing things out to throw people under the bus and to yeah. just to find some ground when like no. No, throw all of that shit out and start from scratch because we're past that point now. Well, it's a nice change because the last two episodes and really the whole last season and some change <laughs> has been michael scrambling figuring it out scrambling figuring it out the whole okay, show let me try we this. didn't know in the first season but yes but that same thing was happening and now he there's nowhere to run like janet mm-hmm. said like there's not wiggle room anymore you can't reset you can't lie your way out of this they've seen the door <laughs> they've seen us they know that they've seen you several times now. and knowing that he says okay don't have much choice here's the truth I'm Special Agent Rick Justice, (laughs) and this is Lisa Frenchie Fuqua, and we're with the FBI. All of you are in great danger, Jason. I knew it. And I think that's where we get the music. Yeah. I believe. Cut to them sitting down kind of in the reception area. There's still a picture of Larry and Tahani in the background. I want to go ahead and mention something that I think is fantastic about this episode. So we're watching it last night. It's so incredible. We're loving every second of it. Lil says when there's a couple minutes left, what about Larry Hemsworth? And I had the (laughs) glass shatter. And I was like, this incredible episode forgets about Larry Hemsworth. But they don't no, forget they, about Larry. They don't yeah. forget about Larry. They make us think what about Larry, which mm-hmm. is excellent. So the one complaint I had is not a complaint. But here they're sitting in this room and there's a picture of Tahani and Larry up. And Michael and Janet are explaining that they're these private investigators that are here <laughs> to protect them from demons. Oh, wait, no, that's real. No, ghouls, that's real. Who are here to talk <laughs> about ghouls. And why does it have to be ghouls? Because of the otherworldly door. Okay, that yeah. makes sense. He's been using disguises to keep tabs on the four of them because they're all connected. And Eleanor, in a different way than the end of season one and the beginning of season two, she just laughs it off. And "Mm, I know this is bullshit. But Michael says, no, we have detailed files. Ask Janet anything. Who's Janet? Oh, yeah, Frenchie. That's her nickname. (laughs) That's why they call her Lisa. Double nickname. Fuqua. (laughs) So that's the moment that you didn't have. This episode was really funny. So funny. And it didn't need to be as funny funny as it is. Yeah. 
there were so many jokes that landed, I mean, that were just so smart that, like you said, they didn't have to be in there, but because they were, it just adds to the weight of how great this episode was. Or jokes that are more than what you think they are. They come mm-hmm. back for that second helping of making it double funny. There's yeah. even a joke that pays off in this episode from one of the first episodes of the season that totally blew me away. We'll get to that. Mm-hmm. So that's the moment that you didn't have Janet knowing who Chidi took to the senior prom and how he didn't take anyone. He was a he was a chaperone and he tattled on the vice principal for lighting his cigarette outside of the designated smoking area. <laughs> and Eleanor says that she's been around the feds before and she knows that these guys aren't that. Who are they really? It's time. It's time. So time for Michael to tell the truth. I'm the amazing Gramondo. Is that not in yours? No. Then he says, I'm a magician. I'm the amazing Gramondo. Get ready. Ted Danson says this so funny. Get ready for an amazing illusion. (laughs) And that's so funny. Everyone like over one another goes, no, no, boo. And Jason goes, I love magic. (laughs) Then he says, okay, fine. One more second. This is probably what you had. And he turns around to Janet again and says, okay. I don't know what to do. We're out of options. Serious question. Should we kill them? Should we kill them? Yeah. Should we kill them? What? It might work. We kill them, go back through the door, somehow grab them before they get to the bad place and regroup from there. I could kill them right now. You know, it would be easy. Their bodies are very poorly made. They're mostly goo and juice. You just take the juice out and then they're dead. I think that's really really funny. But Janet tells him, no, they know how it all works now. They've seen the door. It's over. So Michael reacts to this, composes himself a little, walks over to explain. I love how much we see and don't see of them finding things out that we already Mm -hmm. know. You know, we don't need a whole episode of them being told their backstory because we saw it. We know it. We know more than they do. Yeah. So he walks over to explain and says, I'll guess I guess I'll start at the beginning. You all died. Mm hmm. And then we're off, and we cut to later when the group is summing up what happened. They're talking it back. Chidi, who is just tremendous all throughout this episode. <laughs> yeah, if uh, Chidi's not my necessarily good place pick this or week, bad place. but but if there is an MVP, that's definitely absolutely. Chidi this week. He's Easy so Chidi. funny, and in an episode where everyone has a MVP moment. Mm-hmm. But Chidi has learned what's going on. He understands, okay, heaven and hell are real, and we've been to hell. And since we've been to hell, we're all damned back to hell because we <laughs> now can't fix that, and it's starting to freak him out. And <laughs> Michael says, yeah, yeah, I guess that's right. Now that you know that you're trying to make points, you can't earn any points now that mm-hmm. they know what's up. Sorry for damning you eternally, buddy, or something like that, he says. <laughs> I love the whiteboards back behind them because if you look at them, they have like such close. good inspo- – So one of them has like each of their four names and then things that connect them That's all. That's like, kind of I saw there. the names. I didn't read past that. And then the other whiteboard has like the number of attempts, how many different demons there were in the neighborhood and like little different like things like that, which I think is really cool because they were like, yeah. okay, let's hit the highlights. And I think that's a nice set design detail the questions of time begin to ask mm-hmm. and i think that this episode explains or unexplains the concept of time in this show in a way that just works perfectly it's perfect it's utter nonsense and it makes perfect sense and i i, I hear the explanation and i say oh yeah okay because tahani says wow we must have been in the afterlife after all those reboots and everything we've been through for a hundred years michael mm-hmm. says closer to 300 which gets Chidi asking questions about time travel. Did they travel through time to save them? Mm-hmm. Have they? Is there like weird time travel stuff happening on Earth? And Michael plainly says, uh, "I didn't have to because of Jeremy Barry. 
who's Jeremy Bearme? And Michael explains the concept of it. I can't say it better than him. You know, yeah. time's not a straight line outside of Earth. It's a curse of Jeremy Bearme. You can just mm-hmm. kind of go where you need to be. Everything is everything and nothing is nothing and everything is nothing and nothing is everything all at once. And it's all tied up. And it's the timeline in the afterlife. So Eleanor asks, well, then how can events that happen before happen before? He's like, I don't mm-hmm. know. It's just the way it works. It's Jeremy Bearme. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> The moment of Chidi saying this broke me is a big good place meme. When something mm-hmm. crazy happens on the internet, someone will put the this broke me. So Chidi's pondering the dot over the eye. Chidi's closer. I mean, he's smarter than us, but he's more like us to where he hears this concept and he's like, yeah, yeah, I guess that makes sense to me. But what's this dot? I noticed that there's yeah. this one circle that's not connected to anything else. <laughs> I don't get that. And they explain it to him. It's Tuesdays. It's July. It's sometimes nothing. Mm-hmm. And she's like, ah, hmm. That, this, that dot, that broke me. I'm done, he says. I'm done. (laughs) I love when she just takes off his glasses and he's like, I can't see. I don't know what's happening. My senses are not (laughs) computing. (laughs) Eleanor, meanwhile, is the one who is glad to learn this. So now she can just go back home, be a self-pleasing person, and do what she wants to do because it doesn't matter. And Michael pleads with her, but you can kind of see why Eleanor would do this for a while. Yeah. Like, well, I just learned nothing matters. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do just what I want to do for a while. She yeah. says, I'm Audi. See you in hell. And then comments on how it's accurate <laughs> for the first time. Mm-hmm. She always tells people she'll see them in hell. But this time, now it's she'll see them in hell, the four of them. So the rest of the gang leaves. Jason and Tahani go off together as Michael is like, hey, guys, wait. Uh, I also had this idea about maybe killing you guys. <laughs> what do you think about that? <laughs> Cut to Janet, who, boop, points on the Jeremy Barrymore and says, that's my birthday. That's my birthday. That was cute. A little bit later in their office, I think, Janet's mm-hmm. asking Michael why he didn't tell Jason about their romantic relationship together. And Michael oh, says- Oh, that wasn't in mine at no. all. Yeah. He, she says, how come you didn't tell Jason about our relationship? And Michael says, it's- too much information for them. They have to learn all about this. I can't add in you and Jason and Chidi and Eleanor. They need to learn about their fate first. And he also says, and Jason's questions were a little too basic uh, to ask that. They were all about catering. I don't think he really knows what's going on yet. <laughs> of course, Jason still thinks he's a caterer. Yeah, That's isn't so that really funny? funny? <laughs> a lot of good bits. Even the cut bits from this episode are hilarious. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I wish that was left in. Megan Amram. I'm Mm -hmm. sure this is obviously a room-written episode, but what a script by Megan Amram. Come on. Really good. Janet's having trouble knowing what to do with all of these feelings that she's having, and and Michael kind of agrees. And they say, well, what do we do? Is this whole thing not in your episode? No. Because I think this part you could do without. Because Michael says, what do we do? And Janet re-explains that Michael will be immediately retired if we go back and I'll be marbleized. And then Michael says, well, you know what? Why don't we take a little vacation on Earth? And this is funny, too, if it's not in your episode. Why don't we take a vacation on Earth? There's so many fun little things to ponder on Earth. Like, why do you park on a driveway but drive in a car that utilizes gas instead of the unlimited solar power that would reduce emissions and reverse climate change? You know, (laughs) stuff like that. That's funny. And Janet's down to spend some time on Earth, but they need to find some money. This might also not be in your episode. The thing with the watch? What the fuck? This is two scenes back to back that are not in your episode. Yeah. So Janet's down to spend some time hanging out on Earth, but they need to find some money because they can't afford anything. So Janet, it cuts to they're like at a 
outside of a building and there's like a pipe, like an outside pipe. Mm-hmm. And she opens it and reaches out and pulls out a watch. And she says, this watch is worth $27,000. It belonged to James Wagner from Canberra and has been there since the 80s after he got in a fight with his business partner. He thought that he stole it, but really it got stuck here. And Michael's like, well, we should give him the watch back. He's been dead for 14 years. Oh, let's go buy Froyo. <laughs> That's that scene. That's funny. That's a whole... Maybe two minutes of the episode, not in your episode. There's two of the six, four or whatever. Now we're at the bar where Eleanor goes, drinking Nemo. Mm -hmm. Eleanor attempts to get a free drink from the bar, but she refuses to show her ID to get the free birthday drink Mm -hmm. because it's not really her birthday. And the bartender explains that he can't just do that. If he did that for everyone, he'd go out of business. And then this is one of my least favorite moments out of Eleanor. She gets really angry and says, like, well, if you're – just do it for me. Only give me the drink, and then we're okay. And then the guy gives him the gives her the drink. Well, because it's her birthday. I don't know. This didn't strike me well. I feel like a bartender would not give the free drink. I feel like she'd be told to leave. Yeah. But if she were as cute and charming as Kristen Bell. That's true. Maybe she'd get the drink. Meanwhile, Tahani has an idea for Jason. Jason's going to act as her bodyguard, like in the Kevin Costner movie about being a bodyguard called The Bodyguard. Jason says, oh, yeah, I could do that. I once did crowd control for my cousin or something, his off-brand SeaWorld. Yeah. Uh, we just had a bunch of kid pools jellyfish. full of jellyfish. <laughs> yeah. And instead of a killer whale, we killed a whale. <laughs> Whaling's not good behavior, Jason. Tahani then opens the safe and takes a huge amount of money from it. And Jason asks, oh, what are we buying? That's a lot of money. Cut to exterior Sydney Opera House. Mm -hmm. We'd like to buy one opera, please. I really like the Tahani Jason stuff in this episode. Is this scene in yours? The Opera House? The Opera House is, I don't don't know if Jason says that in mine. (laughs) Tahani is giving $2 million to the Sydney Opera. And she says, I can either give it to you in cash or in one and a quarter Fabergé eggs. Oh, no, that's not in my... Isn't that funny? I think, it, I think it goes right... That's really funny. I think it goes right to her saying, I want to make a donation of $2 million to this. And then the woman says that they'll dedicate a rehearsal space in Tahani's mm-hmm. honor. They'll build a new wing, but Tahani wants it kept anonymous. Jason says, in Jacksonville, I got a flu virus named after me because I kissed a bat on a dare. <laughs> Tahani is pondering that she's always had this desire for attention. She's decided that now she wants to be virtuous for virtue's sake instead of just – and that will come back later. She uses the word virtue and then later mm-hmm. Chidi gives the example of virtue and mm-hmm. we flash back to this moment. So Tahani's thinking about this and she speaks about this and this is when Jason says, that's beautiful. I mean I didn't understand all of it but you sound like the GPS lady and she's the smartest person I know. Thank you, Jason. That might be in my episode. I feel like I remember that joke, but I don't remember seeing it yesterday. Ha, who knows? You were barely there for it, so it's okay. I was uh, holding on by a thread. You're more here for it now. Yeah. Then Jason has an idea. He has a more fun way that they could give out charity. We take a break from that cute storyline, which just keeps getting cuter, to see Mm -hmm. Broken Cheaty, who is approached by a guy outside in the college who says, do you want to talk to God? This is the (laughs) thing that paid off. This is in one of the very first episodes of the season, at least in the extended version, when Eleanor shows up to the campus, this guy, same guy, comes up to her and says, do you want to talk to God? Oh, yeah. And she says, no, weirdo. And I remember saying that, like, that didn't make any sense to me. And it was just a weird bit. And you said, well, obviously, he's trying to sell her drugs. I was like, Uh well, yeah, but he just comes up and says that and then leaves. And it's kind of weird. But now it's connected 
because this guy's always on campus trying to sell people drugs. He's approached by the, do you want to talk to God? Chidi gets another one of these just banger <laughs> lines in the episode. God is dead. God remains dead and we have killed him. Who will wipe this blood off us? What festivals of atonement, what sacred games shall we have to invent? Frederick Nietzsche, 1882. I was just trying to sell you some drugs and you made it weird. <laughs> the way he says it is just perfect. It's so good. He was just trying to sell some drugs. <laughs> <laughs> God's dead and we killed him. So that guy leaves and the sprinklers go off and Cheaty, blam, 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 blam. Takes the shirt off. I think that was Pony by Genuine. Is that what I'm that doing? That was, yeah. That's what yeah. you're doing. Nice job. Artie's audition song for the New Directions on Glee. <laughs> what I was going to say to you before we started recording. And you can dance if you want to. I said we should wait for the podcast. Cheaty taking his shirt off and William Jackson Harper being so attractive and so yeah. ripped. I think takes away because it distracts. And I don't think that's the, no, I'm being that's real. Fair. I don't think that's the point of this moment. The point no. is how like tattered Cheaty is that uh-huh. he like just is okay being shirtless. And then all of a sudden everyone's like, woo, watching it from home. You can't help but react viscerally mm-hmm. by how hot he is when he takes his shirt off because he's never wearing anything that shows yeah. off that he has muscles other than in this episode when he wears the t-shirt and takes his shirt off. Well, and I, I feel think like it, it becomes a thing for the rest of the show where they're always he's like surprisingly hot body. That's yeah. true. But I, I, I can see that because I truly was only thinking Jesus God. So I don't think that's what you're supposed to be thinking in that moment mm-hmm. and it's all you all you can think is jesus god yeah <laughs> <laughs> what a beautiful man yeah and then if i'm being honest the rest of this episode because i now it's all a blur because no <laughs> because i can now i didn't eat edibles i just saw chidi take his shirt off <laughs> yeah that's all it took because you can see his arms <laughs> in the t-shirt and because he's shirtless the like beta cuck cheaty voice starts to become so clear how good of a performance William Jackson Harper is giving mm. because he is not that guy. No. <laughs> so when he's like, I don't know, Eleanor, I'm eating chili. I'm like, come on, that guy can eat whatever he wants, off <laughs> anything he wants. Yeah. So yeah, there's shirtless cheaty. We'll get back to that later. Michael and Janet enjoy frozen yogurt from freezing Nemo. Is this scene in your episode? Where they eat when you yogurt. said frozen yogurt earlier, I was like, what the hell is Zach talking about? They don't but eat maybe frozen yogurt. It is. There might be a whole Michael and Janet subplot in this episode that's, that's not, in, not in mine. Yeah, It's probably not because they're still talking about the watch that they just stole. Janet mm. says she can keep finding and selling treasures to make money. And Michael can start an <laughs> unboxing channel. He's like, oh, I'll start one of those <laughs> unboxing channels. People make money that's off of that so funny. I think what I'm noticing here is that the subplot is funny, but this is the subplot where Michael and Janet... Is there anything in your cut about Michael and Janet taking a vacation on Earth? No. I mean, there's, like, their thing they want to, like, just experience Earth while they're there. Like, they mention it once. But they're just in office rooms, and they write the manifesto. There's a whole subplot where they leave and go on a little adventure in the extended version of the episode. Wow. And it is a nice little subplot, but I get why... The stakes are high. They want to write this manifesto mm-hmm. and turn themselves in. But I also get why, in an extended version, they know they're turning themselves into damnation. So Nothing's not stopping them. From, yeah. But I think this whole thing is in there. There's some funny lines. He's going to start an unboxing channel. Janet says, I want to travel. There's so many landmarks I want to see, like Paris and like this and like the theater where John Travolta said Adele Dazim. 
<laughs> That's so good. I know. And then Michael suggests that they turn <laughs> themselves in, but after one thing. There's also a runner about how Janet can't stop apologizing because she's like, that's not in yours. No. It, they mentioned it a couple times. Michael suggests that they turn themselves in after they do one thing. And then Janet, meanwhile, she can't stop saying like, hey, should we do this? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be bossy. She has this whole run about I'm beginning to feel the stress of being perceived as a woman on Earth. <laughs> I, t- just feeling really bad all the time and feeling like I need to apologize for something. Is that weird? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Really? I'm not sorry. No, I'm not. I'm sorry. <laughs> That That's happens great. a couple times. No. The execs over at NBC said, no, no, no. Nothing about the women. Mm-mm, not for you. Eleanor is at the bar and she's discussing rules with the bartender, how he has to have rules or else society will just go crazy. Mm-hmm. But however, Eleanor has her own rules. Three. One, she gets to do whatever she wants and they have to deal with it. Two, no more Spider-Man movies. And three, she's like, I, I don't know. Everybody leave me alone. And the bartender rightfully says if people live that way, the entire society would break down. And if this is in your episode, this is a genius line. She says, well, in America, we did that already. Society did break down and it was great. Everyone just started yelling at each other. People got to do whatever they want. There are no bees anymore because they all died. And if people need money for surgery, they just beg for it on the Internet. Yeah, that was in mind. I think a great tear. And Mm -hmm. I like when the show and I've kind of noticed that when they're critical of america Mm -hmm. which they are sometimes that they cut out some of the edgier stuff yeah before but not this not this one there are no bees because they all died (laughs) i get the bees are good i'm all for save the bees i like honey i've never in my life been stung by a bee i am Mm, terrified by them with the fear i'd be fine if they all died exactly it's gonna happen one day and i'd be like oh that was a whole plot of a subplot of an episode of victorious where Grammy award-winning songwriter Leon Thomas III had Mm -hmm. not been stung by a bee and kept trying to get stung. Just to get it over with. Yeah. (laughs) But then he couldn't do it. Yeah, someone else got stung and he was pissed. That's kind of funny. That's my life every day. I've been stung by a hornet before. That was no fun. You've experienced much more of life than me. Mm -hmm. I don't care for bees, but I think I'd rather have a bunch of bees in the world than a bunch of spiders. I hate spiders. Or like, can we get rid of the non-honey bees? Like, can we get rid of wasps and hornets? And Yeah, they're and, bad. There's no yeah. benefit Let's to Let's keep them. the fuzzies, the bumbles. Oh, I love a bumblebee. Yeah, they're love cute. a bumble. They're just like They're just around, doing their thing. You know? They're just smelling yeah. fla- They're just fucking some flowers. Yeah, that's it. Just There's this really, that just made me think yard. of a really funny Saturday Night Live bit where it's a, a bunch of them are dressed up like flowers with their head mm-hmm. in the flower costume. And Bowen Yang is a bumblebee and he comes up to them and he's like a little puppet bumblebee with his head. Uh-huh. And he comes up to them and he starts like moving his lower half with a stinger on each flower. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Take it. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, oh. And the flowers are like, what just happened? And then he goes, next, oh, oh, yeah. Slow. Stop. Slow. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> okay. So Eleanor, she's at the bar. She asks for another birthday drink. And when she bends over on the floor, she finds a wallet. And she sees that it's stuffed with cash. At first, she takes out the money, says, brags about taking it. Mm-hmm. But something just kind of happens out of her control and she can't do it. Let's say you're maybe in a situation where you're a little bit less financially handled. Mm-hmm. What's your policy on you find a wallet? So I've been in a situation, yeah, and I've been in a situation where I had like no dollars, yeah, and you've taken the money. I always but turn turned it in. in the wallet. No, I always turn it all in with everything. See, I think it. you can even go a little worse on that, and 
if the person lost their wallet and the cash that was in the wallet is gone, because I've had that happen to me before. Mm-hmm. I've lost my wallet. It ah, was like, so you had your villain origin story, yes. and now you're like, this world Never shall again. no pain. No, it's just <laughs> if I see 20 bucks, I'm taking 20 bucks. I lost my wallet in the Walmart parking lot, and then I found it hours later after looking all over for mm-hmm. it. Like ne- Someone had put it next to a trash can, like on the outside of the trash can, and all of my stuff was in it, but all the money was taken. Mm. And I feel like I would never ma- – I would make sure the wallet gets turned in, but if it's a little bit lighter. I, I think if the there were like thing to do, a but... shit ton of money in it, maybe. If there were like thousands of dollars If of you find mommy's wallet and there's thousands, this. if you take a couple off the top, no one's going to notice. Yeah, mommy doesn't care. So what the utility bill doesn't get paid this, this month? <laughs> I like the dark. So Eleanor takes a cab. She's going to return the wallet. And while she's in the cab, she talks about how, how come when you drive on the left side of the road here, it's okay. But when I drive on the wrong side of the road at home, it's because I'm not paying attention because I'm on my phone catfishing Kevin Federline. That was not in mine. That's funny. <laughs> they arrive I, I'm at the always house. here for a K-Fed. K-Fed. Really. Is he okay? What's he doing these days? I don't Sans, think he liked Kevin Brittany. Federline anymore. I don't think that there was ever much of a reason to. Yeah, I think he's, he's really uh, painted a picture to... He and Britney's children that she's a bad person. I'm not going to make any Britney Spears hot takes on here. I think that she also needs to get some help. Obviously, yeah, for clearly. sure. But that shouldn't include never being able to see your kids. Because mm-hmm. her Instagram and stuff It's is, wild. It's, I love her Instagram. Did you see the track. omelet video where she's making an omelet? Oh, I haven't seen the omelet. Someone like, oh my God, I hate that I've fallen down this wormhole a couple times, but somebody like in an interview or on like a special that was made about her talked about how she has to have somebody make food for her because she can't make her own food. Mm-hmm. And then she posted this really like on edge <laughs> video of her making an omelet and she's like she's cutting so up peppers chaotic. and she's like cutting up stuff and she's making the omelet and she's flipping it and she's like, wow, look at that. This is the only way I'll ever make an omelet. I only eat these omelets. <laughs> so she's in the cab she arrives at the house and she has the cabbie run the meter so she can skip town after stay here because Mm -hmm. i'm leaving as soon as this is done she says i gotta get out of here everyone here is either a criminal or a spider she says oh nice she returns fred booth's wallet but it's this woman at the door who tells her that he moved she gives him his new address and says i also have some mail if you don't mind she's like oh great what else can you give me <laughs> to her with like a garden hose and a bunch of <laughs> stuff like in her a hand. potted plant all this stuff i'd be like absolutely fucking not lady anything else you want me to schlep over no at that <laughs> point you take the cash and you give yeah at that her the wallet and say we'll shit. give this to him with all that shit when yeah. you get to him Back in the cab, she gives the address. Oh, that's right next to the bar where I picked you up. I feel like a bloody boomerang. Oh, I bet you do. So that makes it like $116. Yeah, that's expensive. Now, this is Australian. I don't know what the transfer is, but it's not so huge that it's not a lot of money. Yeah. I've actually been paid by an Australian before. I've seen the transfer happen. Wow. Yeah. Zach with his offshore bank accounts. <laughs> like 50 becomes 45 or 44 Ooh, or something. Ooh, yeah. sexy. And I say, send me 750. Send me 750. That wasn't <laughs> enough money. <laughs> Meanwhile, Shirtless Cheaty goes grocery shopping and he's just throwing stuff off the shelf. Chili, peeps, M&Ms. We see in his cart too, he has all these containers of almond milk. Mm-hmm. Well, because now who gives a shit about the ramifications? Of That's so true. Yeah. What I was thinking, though, is that we should, and I hate to say this, maybe the next time we get together for a Patreon thing, like a not ones, maybe we should make and eat Chidi's chili. 
It's you do it. Idea. You would do it. I would do it, but it would be awful. It would be horrible, and I think we would really look at the cart and all the things that are in the cart. So we mm-hmm. would have to put cartons of almond milk into the chili. Yeah. We'd put all the candy. We'd melt it all up. Not even well-made chili, just the cans of chili heated up in a pot. Yeah. And we. I do... would enjoy cooking this, but I would not enjoy it. I think we'd have to do both for the thing. We'd have to have like mm-hmm. a uh, – tell us what you think. If you guys would watch that and sign up for Patreon A Zach and Steven chili cook-off? Judged by you, the fans. Come show up. We'll give you a spoon. We should actually do this. We should do a pot of Chidi's chili, Mm -hmm. and we should do a pot of Zach and Steven's chili. Yeah. And we should see if we can make it worse. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. We can do like a whole Benjamin Babbage thing where we actually make it edible, though. That'd be good. Ooh, but I don't think skills. we I don't think we could though is the problem. I'd ye of little faith. Well, sweet and spicy is a thing. I feel like if you mm-hmm. use the right amount, I feel like there's a chance that we do this and we're like minus the almond milk. It's not that bad. Minus the almond uh, milk and milk M&Ms, and chili is not, not a crazy bad. idea. You almost get kind of like a bolognese type thing. So Chidi is at the store and he doesn't have his shirt on, and a woman like walks up to him dumbfounded, and he just says hello. <laughs> <laughs> says, you can't shop here without a shirt on. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. A rack of shirts right next to him, takes a wine shirt, puts it on. Do you remember what the shirt says? I wasn't looking at the shirt. It was really fun. <laughs> something about wine. Yeah, sure. it was really it was like ready set wine or something like that. Yeah. And he also rips a whole almond dispenser off of the wall <laughs> and takes it with him, puts it on the thing, pay. We see all of his mess of stuff on the thing. I love this bit too. So mm-hmm. much good cheaty stuff. Well, and that picture of Cheaty, like with the cart and the shirt, I feel like is the thumbnail for the good place a lot of the time for me on Netflix. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. He pays for his stuff and says, Here's my credit card. Why don't you just charge it and keep it forever? And also, here's the keys to my car. Wait, do you guys have like a take a car, leave a car tray? No? Yeah, just take it. Just take it. And she yeah. does. She takes his keys. Mm-hmm. Jason and Tahani have been handing out free money to people. This scene just made me smile a lot. There are a lot of things in this scene that make me smile. Sure, it's really privileged to just go hand out money to all the poor people. Mm-hmm. But something about them just doing a good thing and having a lot of fun doing it, Jason and yeah. Tahani both, it was really nice. I follow some of those accounts on like TikTok and Instagram where they like go around and they're like, hey, I like need like a dollar to get some milk for my kid. Like, can you help me out? And the person's like, yeah. And he's like, well, hey, actually keep your dollar. Here's... 500 for you something it's always like I, I like those videos i know that they're a little bit like gimmicky but i'm yeah. all for like helping people that need if help people are actually doing it i am too yeah i am too regardless and so of what i'm they do all with the for money. this shit like this gives me the warm fuzzies like i think that tahani and jason i yes it comes from a place of privilege but you can use that privilege for Absolutely. good and i think that for the most part what they're doing here is really good like i think it's sweet because it's not even like they're only going to unhoused people like they're running up to people that are like just normal people like hey here's a stack of money you need this here take this <laughs> now you can here get, get a five thousand dollar stroller yeah <laughs> no i agree i i'm in my car a lot and i see a lot of people on the street a lot of the same people asking for money and i would like the idea you beat them up to be a little bit pull more over and you know to be them. a little bit more financially stable and to just have like little care packages and be like 20 bucks and maybe like also a grocery gift card and like also some food and some water and you just chuck it at them and uh, yeah and it's packed tight like a brick yeah <laughs> and i just <laughs> you open it up it and eat it right in front of them ha 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 wouldn't you like one of these, weather what boy? You're right that what they're doing is good, but Tahani can't stop calling people poor when she does it. She said, are you poor? Here's some. Jason gives a busking 
musician money and says, now you can get a bigger chin guitar. <laughs> I thought this was actually sweet. And they make a joke that kind of takes away from the sweetness. But Jason, they're at a table regrouping. And he says, I just bought all the meat from a meat shop and gave it to a homeless shelter. Was that in your episode? No, that's so sweet. I think Tahani says, yeah, that's so great. And Jason's like, well, yeah, unless they're vegetarians, which would kind of make (laughs) us terrible. (laughs) But yeah, both he goes to a business and buys everything they have and then uses that to give to a homeless shelter. That's so sweet. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. So Jason ponders, you know, if I had this money, this feels so good. I could have done so much back in the day with this. I could pay my rent. I could do everything I ever wanted to do. And this gives Tahani an idea. (laughs) What she says, and if this gives me an idea, that means anything could give me an idea. (laughs) And Jason keeps going on about money, and he says, yeah, this money that you've given me means I don't have to pretend to be a big dog and go to the vet anymore. Yeah, that was really funny. So cut to the bank, very clearly turning down Tahani's Mm -hmm. unknown to us at this point request. And the guy says, I don't know, it seems a bit odd to transfer $131 million to this guy who is so flagrantly ignoring the one lollipop per customer (laughs) No, no, no. I walked in and out. So I'm a different, <laughs> I'm customer. different customer. And he pulls this trick shot where he throws the lollipop <laughs> up in the air and catches it with his mouth. It's dangerous. Something you smack your teeth. I notice a lot in shows is sound that's very clearly added. Mm-hmm. Someone crumpling up something. You hear a really obvious yeah. crumpled up sound. I think the satisfying noise that Jason's mouth makes when he catches the lollipop, I think it might have been real. So, Zach, I noticed those because of you, actually. And it takes you, you out, out a lot, to me doesn't it? Once uh, when you were making your show that shall not be named because I was never asked to be on it, even though I asked we didn't many make times fake to be sounds. on it. Actually, bitch, we added, I'm going like, to tell you exactly when you maybe. did. No, yeah. no, no. You peed and then you zipped up a zipper and you added a zipper <laughs> sound effect and you yeah, told me true. about it. That's true. And since then, I always listen for the wow. fake sound effects. Filmmaking Don't you tell me tycoon. what ADR sound effects you added. In shows, in in movies, every noise you hear is ADR. Literally, everything is ADR. Because the way that sets are mic'd, you don't hear people's shoes hit the floor. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make the sounds that you think it should on TV. The real world is far more silent than television. And Mm -hmm. in television, it's never silent. So there's always some type of noise. Yeah, my roommate in college was like a sound major type thing. And he would be making sound effects and shit in the room by like hitting a bike helmet or stuff to like replicate sounds. Very interesting. Very 1920s radio. That's cool. I remember he'd also frequently be masturbating in the middle of the day when you'd walk into your home all the time. <laughs> I hope that guy got laid. You're not, you're not sure had... if he did. I don't know. <laughs> We're not sure. Jury's <laughs> out. Come on the show. Let us know. He had a friend, but I don't think that I considering she left cookie crumbs in my bed. I don't think they were plowing. She like sat on my bed and ate cookies. Unacceptable. Don't do that. Hey, kids listening. You can masturbate while I'm in the room, but don't eat a cookie. Don't eat cookies in someone else's bed. The banker has a really funny line when he says, you know, technically we're supposed to close the bank if anyone from Florida (laughs) even comes in the door. I get it. But Tahani's able to explain that her money has been a weight, like like the necklace James Mm -hmm. Cameron gave her from Titanic. (laughs) She's also the inspiration for Avatar, by the way. It's because I'm so tall and my (laughs) eyes are like this. But that's not the point. I don't want this money. Jason does. If it's easier, you can just put it on a GameStop gift card. That does not make it easier. Jace makes a little face like, oh. Eleanor meets Fred Booth. He opens the door and she introduces herself and gives him all of his shit. 
And he's ecstatic about the wallet. When he goes to look through it, Eleanor goes on this. And I think a lot of us would do, don't worry, I didn't take any money. You don't have to worry yeah. about that. But this is where Eleanor learns how well she did the right thing. He's not worried about money at all. He cares about this picture that's in his wallet that he has folded up that his daughter drew for him on his first day at a job that he was nervous for him. That he'll I look at it really sweet. in his days. And the guy who plays this part, even if his accent isn't the best, he has a glow in his eye. Mm-hmm. When he like a literal glow in his eye when he's telling Eleanor how much it means to him and then how much now Eleanor's good deed means to him and how he hopes that his daughter will do the same thing. It's a corny bit that he sells so perfectly and it just sings emotionally. And do you have anything like that special you keep in your wallet? Yeah, I have several things that are from Lil mm-hmm. from early on in our relationship. I believe I still have like at the very beginning of our relationship, mm-hmm. Lil wrote me a high school style paper note. Like Cute. a paper full of stuff and i still have Mm -hmm. it and i think i also have a few like wristbands from things that we've done what about you i've got this danny gave me i think for my birthday maybe one year it's like a kind of custom made like pokemon card oh that's cool and it's like thick and it's like gold and it's a charmander on it and it says i choose you with like hearts on it it's really cute well i can't help but think that one time i got you a dvd collection of all the miyazaki films you could probably put that in your wallet i can shove it in there i do have it proudly displayed in my home but yeah, but not in your wallet. Not everywhere you go. <laughs> so, I have I have your baby pictures. Instead of my ID, I just have your high school ID. And every time I get pulled over, they're like license registration. And I'm like, oh, this is a funny story. This is actually a guy that I that I record a podcast <laughs> with. I would he no can vouch for joke me. Give him a 100% call. for real keep a baby picture of you in my wallet. Yeah, I would too. I would not do that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Eleanor sheds tears and she's learning important lessons and she's emotional by this. Mm-hmm. And Fred asks if she's okay and she says, yeah, it's been a weird day. And it has. <laughs> and she leaves. Well, meanwhile, Janet and Michael are preparing to draft their manifesto. They're going to mm-hmm. write everything that's happened to them including their ideas on how they could improve the system and then turn themselves in with the manifesto, which I think is so smart. Like finally, Michael is talking some sense. He says to her, we failed, Janet, but maybe one day someone else will succeed. And that's such the right move here is to not let this all be a wash because they've learned some really valuable things and maybe it can at least be the inciting event for some change. White people love a manifesto. A manifesto. Nail it to the (laughs) church, get everyone all bothered. (laughs) This must not have been in your episode, and it's some of my favorite Michael stuff when he's just being an old man trying to use a computer. This is it when he can't type his in mind. Oh, okay. First, he's trying to type one letter at a time. My... Where's the age? This keyboard doesn't have an age. Oh, wow, wow, wait, 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 I see it, I see it. <laughs> Look what I did. Yeah. I wrote, Mika Hell. <laughs> oh, that's... Okay, back, 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 back. <laughs> And then back, 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 back. That's when the paperclip. Oh, pops see, in mine, Janet takes over right yes, then. Yes, that makes sense. But P- Clippy pops mm-hmm. up. Love Clippy. And Michael, my favorite part of this whole bit is Michael's like, look at this paperclip. And then he makes this face like. <laughs> he's just amazed at the paperclip. I think Ted Danson gives such a knowing performance of old man on computer. Mm-hmm. Clippy, original AI. Clippy's the sure. only good AI. I feel like. Clippy really did shit, though. Clippy would just Clippy be like, hey, shit. dumb bitch. You spelled that shit wrong. I know it's red, Clippy. <laughs> <laughs> Janet takes over and hammers out some early details. And it's like, mm-hmm. I'll dictate. Tepity, tepity, tepity. Okay, come on in whenever you want. I'm just getting some early stuff. <laughs> 
This is my favorite scene in the episode. Chidi's in front of his class. He's putting the peeps. I don't love the song, even though that's a good meme. Mm-hmm. Chidi is putting the peeps in the chili pot and making it taste bad. It's in the chili. And he says, I'm going to eat all of this chili and or die trying. And he offers his <laughs> class up. He's like, come on, guys. Dip your paws. Scoop their little mittens in my stew. <laughs> and a concerned student asks, you know, we've got a test coming up. Well, you're clearly going through some stuff. Are we going to be taught anything? He says, ha, nerd. You know what? Okay, I will teach you something. This is the part that I think is the best. Mm-hmm. I'm going to teach you literally the meaning of life. And I don't think anything has ever tried to narrow down the different aspects of the meaning of life in a way like this show manages yeah. to do in the same scene that he's making candy chili, which mm-hmm. is just beautiful how great, great the show can be. He teaches them the three main theories of ethics. Now, over the last 2,500 years, Western philosophers have formed three main theories on how to live an ethical life. Now, first off, there's virtue ethics. Aristotle believed that there were certain virtues of mind and character, like courage or generosity, and you should try to develop yourself in accordance with those virtues. The gift will be anonymous. Next, there's consequentialism. The basis for judgment about whether something is right or wrong stems from the consequences of that action. How much utility or good did it accomplish versus how much pain or bad? And finally, there's deontology, the school of thought that there are strict rules and duties that everyone must adhere to in a functioning society. Being ethical is simply identifying and obeying those duties and following those rules. But here's the thing, my little chili babies, all three of those theories are hot, stinky cat dookie. The true meaning of life, the actual ethical system that you should all follow is nihilism. That's all a big fat pile of cat dookie. Nihilism. (laughs) Nihilism. (laughs) Which is kind of something that I can relate to because there is an awakening that comes with being kind of nihilistic, Mm -hmm. but it also closes you off from so, so very much. And it's very clear that Chidi is not giving the meaning of life when he says nihilism, that it's a mix of all of these things, I think, help Mm -hmm. you become a good person, which is what Eleanor is going to figure out a little bit later. He talks about the world being empty. There's no point to anything and you're just going to die. So do whatever. And now he's going to eat his marshmallow candy chili in silence and you can all jump up your own butts. And then he like says a gibberish word and my name a Borat. Is that in yours? Like, I, I don't think so. He says my name a Borat. That's right. I just ended this with a Borat impression in 2018 because nothing matters. That's oh my God. That's really incredible. Funny. Someone raises like, their hand out. and says, is this going to be on the test? He's like, yes, yes, no. it will. And no, it won't. And you There's passed no and failed. And who and cared? Fail. And there is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Goodbye. Goodbye. The class leaves and we realize that Eleanor has been standing here listening to it the whole time. <laughs> tells Chidi, cool lecture and cooler shirt. Are you doing okay? <laughs> classic Chidi, he's calming down. That was him getting a lot of stuff mm-hmm. out and he's fine. But of course, he has a massive stomach ache. Maybe not for the typical reasons. He's yeah, all I think chili. the marshmallow chili will do it. Honestly, the more I think about it, done the right way, you might be able to make marshmallow chili work. I think so. Yeah. Early thoughts, I think you could legitimately caramelize the meat with the marshmallow beforehand, Ooh, like reduce it, because marshmallows are just sugar. Well, and I think you could throw a shit ton of marshmallows in the chili, too, mm-hmm. and it would dissolve, yeah. and I think Almost the consistency like a hot would change. Almost like Kind of satisfying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Guys, give us a reason to do it. I think we got to yeah. do it now. Oh, God. It makes sense, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it does, unfortunately. <laughs> so I was thinking we should do something like Hot Ones once a year. Mm-hmm. I would and like that. That would be fun if that was the next one. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so he's got the stomach ache, the chili stomach ache. Eleanor knows that everything is bleak, but you can't drown it all in beans and peeps. That's a funny way to say that. <laughs> She's come up with a plan. So Chidi gets up to come along, tries to bring the chili with him. He's like, no, 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 you leave that there. Don't you bring leave it. that. We're almost to the end of the episode here. Michael and Janet have finished their manifesto in their account. All the data is there. Janet's got it in chart and graph form and also a recipe for cinnamon rolls made with pizza dough. And the way she says it is so cute. Michael's hopeful that this could enact real change and that the way people are judged could change because of what they've discovered. But first, they'll spend a little bit more time enjoying Earth. Was this Mm -hmm. line in This was in my episode. Michael says, I know it's touristy, but I'd love to visit a lens crafters. <laughs> I think that's such a cute, hilarious line. It is because really funny. Nothing you don't expect mundane. them to say that I can't relate to this exactly, but I can only imagine that there's nothing more like... Glasses shopping? Yeah, that's the most human thing. And saying, yeah, I'll get the ones that look like the ones I already have. <laughs> I have to go spend more money than I should to make sure that my human eyes that are supposed to work <laughs> right and don't that's at such least good function at an almost passable level so that I can get through the I day. can't wait. That's the thing I want to do most. <laughs> then Janet is mostly C. Apologizing, feeling the, the woman feels more here when she says, you know what? I want to get bangs. Is that a bad idea? No, that's dumb. Bangs are dumb. I'd probably look bad. I'm sorry. Are you mad at me? Was that in this? I wish that was in mine. No. Bangs are always a mistake, just so everyone is aware. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> huh? <laughs> Zach, you should get, like, eyebrow bangs. If like, I let my hair down. over my face, I'd be like mm-hmm. Animal. Or I'd be like Cousin It from the Adam's There family. we go. Cover my I think head. you should get, like, the Dora the Explorer bowl cut. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that'd like be hot. Like Coconut Head from Netflix. Yeah. Pass, kind of. Exactly that. Sure. Eleanor and Chidi walk in. I think it's really cute how excited and concerned Michael is when he, they walk in. He's like, oh, hey, guys. I've been worried about you. Is everything okay? You know, other than everything? <laughs> Chidi says he's accepting his fate. It's all chilly under the bridge. Just as <laughs> Tahani and Jason show up with big news. We got... Tacos! <laughs> and then, well, yeah, and then we got tacos! Does yours have Janet going, oh, wow, that's yeah, crazy. That's crazy. Wow. Which kind of works even more in context if you've been seeing how Janet's been acting yeah. this whole episode. They go to explain, Tani does quickly. It's strictly platonic just so they can give Jason half of her money. And Eleanor's like, you know what? Sure, it's the 11th most insane thing happened today. <laughs> so congrats. It's the same as when Janet and Jason got married. Everyone yeah. was like, this is all crazy anyway. This so who fine. cares? Let's yeah. just go with it. Eleanor comes together with her plan and gives a speech to get the team together. The six of them, they're doomed. They know they're doomed. Not just the four of them, Janet and Michael included. And even though their fates are sealed, that doesn't mean that they can't spend the time that they have on Earth to try to do and be good. And here all of a sudden is the mission statement for The Good Place and Mm -hmm. the mission statement for, you know, when people say, how can there be a world with morals without organized religion? Yeah. Here you go. No matter if you know where this is all going do good or try to do good Mm -hmm. she says the voice in her head was annoying but it made a difference and her trying with the wallet put some good into the world and made her feel incredible just by Mm -hmm. doing the right thing so eleanor is convinced to help others regardless of their predetermined fate and gets everyone else to get in on it too jason says i'm gonna remember that speech and the tacos and i guess the wedding the wedding hell and being a billionaire (laughs) stuff I lost my shit at that. I don't know why. His delivery was, like, so, like, stream of consciousness. And you can kind of see Tahani, like, yeah, it's a platonic marriage. She's just like, what the hell's wrong with you? We literally got married, and all you can talk about is tacos. 
We're in the point of the show where Jason never really gets deeply significant storylines, but you can count on him to have like the 10 funniest lines in just about any episode. And he does here too, him and Chidi. So that's really funny. Michael and Janet try to say they're in at the same time and stumble over each other, which is cute. They say that, that they're in too. And then Chidi is also in. Eleanor starts calling them the Soul Squad. Are you in, Chidi? He says, yeah, I'm in. But first, I've got to go to the bathroom forever. forever. <laughs> <laughs> then the twist of this episode, which for an episode that's heavy and has a mm-hmm. lot of deep thoughts, it is so funny. And it ends with stuff that's so funny. Because the cliffhanger this week is cue the guy that nobody really thought about this entire episode. Who one of our main characters was about to move to another country with and get ma- mm. another continent with and get married. Larry Hemsworth shows up. Hey, babe, I'm ready to start my life with Tawny. And Eleanor, I didn't get why Eleanor started recording on her phone. Uh, you know. Because it's a celebrity and she's being yeah, TMZ. World star. <laughs> yeah, she's being TMZ in that moment. Yeah. Okay, Tawny, here you go. Go ahead. Let him have it. Yeah. And that's the end of Jeremy Baramy. I would have to watch Dance Dance Resolution again, but there's a strong argument for this being the best episode of the show. I would say, for me, this falls firmly, for sure, in the top five so far of the top show. Top five, Certainly best fine. of the season. I think that it's up there with the Eternal Shriek and Dance Dance Resolution. I think it's just so funny, so good, and makes you feel so many things all over the spectrum. There's a scene in this that can make you cry. There's so many times that you laugh. Cry for you... different reasons. Yeah. You can cry the Eleanor scene mm-hmm. with the dad. I got a little happy, teary-eyed watching Tahani and Jason just do nice things. Yeah. It's a really, really lovely episode, and I almost think it's a mistake that this didn't come, like, second or third in the season, because Mm -hmm. the season, it's such a shot of adrenaline into it, like I said before. And I think this episode does a good job of, like, restating the mission statement of the show and giving some real true life lessons that if you look past all the silliness, there's real wisdom to be found here. And that means a lot coming from a show like this. Super successful Great episode, and I think it's an interesting one for Good Place, Bad Place. What about you? Yeah, I do. It wasn't hard for me to pick. I originally had kind of a double for one of the things, but Mm -hmm. I settled firmly in my decision since then. I'll open it up with the Bad Place this week. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give the Bad Place to Chidi. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I think he is negatively affecting the people in his class in a pretty big way. Both uh, as a teacher and as a human telling them how to live their lives. I think he does some real damage there. More damage than anybody else does in this episode. What about you? Yeah, I agree. I also had Chidi. I think that of the whole group, he's the one that thinks nothing matters and then continues to act like nothing matters. Eleanor says it and then still does good. Tahani immediately does to do good out into the world and jason is attached with her also doing good so for me chidi earns the most bad place points this week because as soon as there wasn't anything at stake then he was like well fuck it i'll just divulge into madness i agree Mm -hmm. i think chidi i mean he has an exciting excellent episode i think you saying he would absolutely be the mvp Mm-hmm. No stop. But he gets the bad place points this week. And alternatively, the good place for me is going to be Jason. Mm. I think Jason has a really good episode. Obviously, he doesn't have the wealth to give. Yeah. He doesn't have any of the vain issues that Tahani has tying her down a little bit. He's mm-hmm. just doing pure good, coming up with ideas of how to help people. When yeah. the wealth is being handed out freely, he's not begging or asking for it, and that's mm-hmm. why he gets his reward. Like, the meek will inherit the earth and all that. I think, Jason, good place for me. What about you? I originally was struggling between Eleanor, because I think what she does is the harder choice to make, because she yeah. could have very easily taken the money 
I agree. But I think she whatever. has some bad moments in the bar with the bartender. I agree. I agree. Not saying you don't. <laughs> but I went with Tahani because I think Tahani immediately goes to do the right thing. And she could very easily not be doing the right thing. She could donate all this money and still take the name. She could be doing all these things and take credit for it. You're right. She could be like, okay, Jason, you're going to be doing... But she instead is like, wow, this person really could have used this money. She's like, I don't know what it's like to not have anything. So maybe somebody who does will do better with this than I have throughout my life. So I think for me, Tahani has to take the bigger growth moment to get rid of to release all her money and i see why you did that what holds me back with tahani is that somewhere in there the root of the conviction is her and how she sheds off these things and how she looks by being anonymous sure she's making so much progress when she's one of the characters that's been sent to the bad place Mm -hmm. in the last seasons but i think jason's more selfless in this episode because tahani has to make an effort to be selfless Here's here's what I'll say. Let's say it. You don't have to say here's what I'll say. When you, can, you can just say it. Tahani found out that mm-hmm. she was in the bad sent to the bad place originally. She's like, "Oh yeah, that makes sense." She right? well, uh, season uh, 2 when she yeah, finds out. Not the first she's time. She's like, "This was a mistake. Why am I here? Mm-hmm. I can't think. I've can only I see done the good." And here she finds out she's been sent to the bad place and she immediately starts to think of what did I do to do that? Identifies well, she the is problem already and on makes immediate steps You're right. to undo the harm that she's done. And I think that is a bigger point swing than it is for Jason. Well, here on the good place, bad place points on the end of the time knife, things don't move in point swings straight and narrow like that. It's a cursive Zachary Martavius Pruitt. <laughs> what a name that would be in Beautiful Script. Here's what i'll say (laughs) nice i'm not disagreeing with you i'm just giving you what held me back from giving it to honey Mm -hmm. i think all the characters have a great episode here we don't get any simone but i think the episode previously does such a smart job of how they get her the fuck out of there yeah so all this shit can go down someone could maybe she could have shown up in chidi's unraveling at some point Mm -hmm. but i don't think it strikes wrong that she's not in this one no i agree i think this episode does great by all four humans does great by michael and janet michael continues to be on an upward swing this season Mm -hmm. and it delivers one of the best episodes of the series in a season that really needed it so far yeah i agree that's our conversation that's it. We talked about Jeremy Baramy. I think we did a good podcast talking about I think this so. great episode. Now I have yeah. a question, Zach. Do you yeah, think this answer. episode is good Again, enough? Again, you don't have to say you have a question. Zach, I'm going to say something to you, from okay. me to you, from my Thanks lips for letting me know to your in this ears. medium where all we do is from, talk back and forth I'm, with I'm one speaking another. I'm speaking from my lips to your lips here. I want you to receive saying. this on your little gums. I've got right? to say, sometimes I think it's so teeth. funny when we're talking over each other and we both say something really long and mm-hmm. we continue to talk over each other for a very long time. I think it's, it's funny. not going to stop. I like it. I like it's it too. Yeah. Like sometimes it's real and it's me talking over you, but sometimes like that just then it's for the bit. For sure. Yeah. I'm going to spit some game okay. on your up your Question. You had a question. Yeah. Do you think that the quality of this episode is enough to change the outlook and momentum of this season so far? Because we've liked it, but not been head over heels in love with the season so far. Is this enough of a momentum swinging episode that it can kind of like if it really hits it for the rest of it? Is that enough to elevate the third season for you? Not 100%. Okay. 
It's fair. But this could be my favorite episode of the series mm-hmm. so far. But Did no, not 100%. Yeah. I think some of what's happened so far could have been a little more condensed. Mm-hmm. But you also wanted more Trevor. So do you That's want it true. condensed? Do you want more of it? <laughs> what what is want? it, Zach? What, what do you want from You me? want to Jeremy bear me this shit. More yeah, before I don't know. and before. I think I just need to keep watching the season because I don't know if I remember totally agreeing that the rest of it is just gangbusters. I think mm-hmm. there's some hills and valleys still in season yeah. three. But we'll see. Next week, we're going to be back to talk about the Ballad of Donkey Doug. We're going to get into what Jason, with his newfound riches, is going to go back to Jacksonville and do. I'm yeah, excited. very excited. Shout out Donkey Doug, friend it's of really the show. It's a really good Jason episode. Maybe we'll talk about it more next week when we talk about Ballad of Donkey Doug, which I'm excited to dive into. Mm-hmm. We're starting to make some light moves with the Good Place cast, and we've begun some light conversations with one Mitch Narito who plays Donkey Doug on The Good Place to maybe yeah. have a little Good Place chat sometime in yee-haw, the future. So but we're going to get all into Donkey Doug and Jason next week. Until then, Stephen, before you get into where the people can find us, mm-hmm. if you like what we do here and you want to uh, c- celebrate us and support us to take it further, patreon.com slash podcast. You can already listen to next week's episode today, right now on Patreon. You can also get The Basement, our That 70s Show Rewatch podcast, the second half of season one of that is starting back up soon. And you can get the second half of season two and all of season three of Brokeback Bebop before they're free. You can get You Can't Disappreciate show. There's so much stuff over there. Throw us a couple bucks and come check it out for a month and see if you like what you taste. Nice. Thanks. Steven, for the people that don't have the Jeremy Baramy to give uh-huh. us money and their precious personal life on Patreon, mm-hmm. where else could the people find us? Well, if you didn't make $27,000 by selling a dead guy's watch, but you still want a nice cupped handful of our... Good pull when you didn't even see that part of the episode. I know. Fantastic. Of our mushroom-ridden chili. If you want just a sweaty, palmed grasp and slurp of our chill for zero dollars come follow us over on twitter and instagram over yes. at time knife pod we're also on youtube find the video companion see my uh godzilla ramen noodle shirt or see my whatever shirt scantily of obscure clad band thing. the beatles wow really name one song um talking about my generation my generation baby what song was i doing Pony by the Beatles, come on. Write it. Ringo, come on. Let's hear the beat. Everyone, thanks for hanging out with us, Stephen. Please get us out of here. From inside the time knife. Black Lives Matter. I'm Zach. I'm Stephen. And we'll see you next week. Have a great Jeremy Bear Me. We love you. Jeremy Bear Me. I'm just a bachelor.